so so the film was a one day shoot and um i just want to tell you you know what i really admired about it um as the person who was doing press there i was like yeah i'm definitely going to sit down and watch me some films and from the moment like i started watching i was just like huh this really this really has my attention you know like it gets your attention you're 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 trying to decide where are these people going on this bus like where are they going and um and then once we start the elements that we talked about this earlier when you said when you see that the woman has on her confederate flag and you have on your black lives matter we was like Oh, I was like, oh, hell, <laughs> oh, shit, <Yeah>. you know, like, <laughs> so when I saw that, I was like, hmm, this should be interesting, interesting. and yeah. I love how simply put it was, it's, um, we're forced to actually pay attention to the conversations, because you had no choice, you're on a bus with somebody, now you have no choice, either you're gonna be quiet, you're either gonna fight, or you're gonna talk, mm -hmm. so I love that element, because I feel like, um, in this generation, everybody's trying to avoid co communication with yes. each other. Everybody's super avoidant. And that by doing that, there was a really great conclusion in it that we're all very much alike in ways that we like to admit. Mm -hmm. That was kind of my takeaway from the movie. Like, um, people who have completely opposing views as you, they literally, nine times out of ten, have these similar experiences as mm -hmm. you, or worse things, or, you know, they ha they all have their own struggles, and um, by actually talking to people, you're kind of forced to break down those walls and understand mm -hmm. people better and actually move with love. You find out we really are not so different from each other. Like, wow, who would have thought that she's been through what she's been through just like me? Mm -hmm. Almost like the same. You just never know until you get to talk. You know, the world would be a much better place if everybody was not so afraid to talk and ask questions and communicate. That's all we really need. People say, oh, all you need is love. Well, everybody's not going to automatically love everybody. But if you sit down and have a conversation, you just might start to like each other more and therefore love each other more. Hmm. And is so what, what was the inspiration behind this film? Is that kind of what you wanted your audience to take away from it? I wanted, that is what I wanted them to take away. I, um, you know, I retired and I moved down south. And like I say in the film, I was at peace with my peace. You know, mm -hmm. I've been through a lot of traumatic experiences in my life. But once I retired and settled down, down south, I was happy and peaceful, just minding my own retired business. And I had a little dog named Mr. Twix. He passed away. Mr. Twix passed away. Aww. But I used to go and walk Mr. Twix. And whenever we would go past this house at the corner, there was a young Caucasian woman who lived at the house on the corner. And when she'd see me and Mr. Twix walking past her house, by the time we came back around the corner, she'd be outside her house wearing a Confederate t-shirt. <laughs> now we can see her when she comes home from work. She's wearing a dress, she goes in the house. But coincidentally, and I don't believe in coincidence, when <laughs> Mr. Twix and I come back around the corner, she's wearing a Confederate t-shirt, big flag on her back, and pretending to get the mail. 
and mm. we have to walk right past her. And this happened a couple of times. And I said to myself, well, clearly she's trying to send me a message or scare me or something. But what would happen if she was on a plane or a crowded bus, mm. you know, and, and I, I didn't walk by. I was forced, to, you know, we're forced to sit together. Mm -hmm. There's nowhere you can go. We're on a plane up in the air. Mm. Now we have to sit together. And if you have these feelings, whatever this Confederate t-shirt, whatever feeling that gives you, or whatever power you think that gives you, now what do you do? Now that we're both sitting next to each other on a plane and there's nowhere for you to go. Mm. And then I thought, and let's make it more interesting. You don't know who I am. What if I'm in the Black Lives Matter? So what are you trying to say? Because I have something to say about black lives. And that's how the idea came to me. And then I thought, well, we're on a bus or a plane for at least an hour. What would spur us into a conversation? We need to have a conversation. What would make us, what could make us be forced to talk to each other? Other, other than saying, excuse me, and please don't push my arm off the armrest. And so that's when I came up with the idea of us seeing a poor young woman out the window being robbed or being abused and I thought mm. abused because I in some at some point of my life have been abused. At least fifty percent of the women in the world have been abused in some kind of way, domestically or sexually. Mm -hmm. So if we both saw this young woman out the window being attacked by her boyfriend, that might force us to have a conversation. At least to get the woman help or something. And that's how I came up with the idea. And that's what would spur us into having a conversation with each other. Because we can't get off the bus. The bus is on the highway now. Mm -hmm. And that's how the story came into my head. And I just wrote it all down. What would we say to each other? You know, how would you feel about that? Who would offer the olive branch? Are we gonna get off the bus and help the girl? All these things came into it. And that's how the story started. Ooh. Hmm. So I really admire that. And I wanted to ask you, what was the significance of having two women lead in this movie? Um Well, I mean, you know, women are more emotional. And um, and sometimes more sensitive, you know, two guys would probably not start having a conversation other, <laughs> other than football. You're right. Wow. You know? And even two guys that one black, one white that might hate each other, they would still talk about football. Somehow they would just start talking about football mm -hmm. or baseball or something, um, which is not... Um, you know, sports is something that's safe. That's safe for men to talk about. Mm. It has to be two women. I mean, it, it, I'm a woman, and it was a woman who clearly tried to intimidate me with the Confederate t-shirt. Mm -hmm. So the story had to be about two women. Mm. Um, two men with those uh, t-shirts? I don't even know. Uh, uh, it might have just been a fight. Yeah, <laughs> it exactly. Fight. It might have been just everybody. <laughs> clear the bus! <laughs> Yeah, that would have got really hostile. Yeah. So that that 
that is uh brilliant in itself and i can tell you know you you have a good general understanding of people in general just the demographics was very important because yeah women talk more and and but it takes sometimes it takes a while for us to break down a wall to actually talk about stuff we like together so it did it it made a lot of sense to have a triggering experience um because both women had been through a similar experience so they both wanted to jump off the bus and help this young woman but so they couldn't get off the bus they couldn't help the woman so they end up talking about it with each other they were both triggered um it started out as a play oh my god i forgot what i was going to say it started out as a play and it did well it was accepted into the atlanta black theater festival okay um and the audience started asking a lot of questions black theater what the atlanta black theater festival festival okay Mm -hmm. it's a theater festival and uh Afterwards, the audience started asking a lot of questions and comments and suggestions that it would make a good film, and that's how it ended up being reformatted into a screenplay and um, shooting it as a film. It did pretty well as a play. It was a play in one act, so it was only about 23 minutes long, and then we uh, shortened a few things and made it a 19-minute film. Okay, and I, I really like... (laughs) <laughs> I don't know if I want to share this to give I don't I don't want to give a spoiler for people who haven't seen it yet but I, I like where the idea of where the bus ended that was I felt like that was really important and it kind of signifies like we're all going the same place we're you know so much more alike we have so much more in common all of us everybody everyone in this world is connected in some kind of way. There was a movie called Six Degrees of Separation. Oh. And that's because, you know, only every six people, every six people, within every six people, we have a connection with someone within those six people. So we're all connected in one way or another. Mm-hmm. And once you start talking to each other, you realize that. And how much, you know, how many um, similarities we have. And uh, as she says near the end of the film, hey, we might even be related. You just never know. Mm. I like that. I I can't even think of what I was about to ask. Oh, yeah, that part. I wanted to know where was this filmed? Uh, It looked like a very rural area. Um, it was filmed in West Columbia. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. West Columbia to Augusta? Well, the owner of the bus got in the bus and started driving it. He just jumped on the highway. Okay. He jumped, he jumped I don't know which highway it was. He jumped <laughs> on the highway, and we were filming, and he was driving, and then he came back around, and, you know, we ended up back in the same parking lot, and, um... We weren't even, the bus wasn't even supposed to move. We were worried about how to make it appear as though it was a bus ride. Um, 
but somehow the owner of the bus just decided, hey, I'll get in and I'll drive you guys. And that was That's really great. a godsend, yeah, because we yes. were really worried about how to work that out. And it just worked itself out. Like, everything just kept happening, just falling in, in, in our laps. Like, it was a labor of love, and I did a lot of research as far as budgeting and locations, and everything just happened. It just happened. I, I don't. I I feel so really blessed, and I don't say the word blessed a lot because I feel like everybody's blessed. The moment you're able to wake up and get out of your bed or walk out of your door, you've been blessed. You're blessed. Every mm -hmm. day is a blessing. So I don't use that word a lot, but oh my God, I was so blessed with making this film. Everything just went bip 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 bip. I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful and. I just don't know what else to say. <laughs> I feel so lucky, you know. Well, you should be very proud. I, you should be proud. Um, uh, I think anytime you are creating this, this, allowing your dream to come to life, your vision to come to life, sometimes there are challenges, and you're like, I don't know how this is going to get done. But somehow I feel like there's divine timing in everything mm -hmm. we do. And then when things turn out good and now you get, you know, you got an award and I'm sure this is going to rack up some more awards. You're like, ah, you know, it happened and you should be really proud. And I wanted to bring up your age for a moment. Um, and I have a, I have a reason for asking this. I know mm -hmm. some older people are like, I don't ask me my age, <laughs> you know, but there's a reason I'm asking this. And can you tell me, tell us what your age is? Yeah. I'm, I'm, uh, I've been 30 for about 31 years. <laughs> 30 and 31. Uh, some people would say that's 61. Some people would say that <laughs> really 16. You know what I'm saying? Ah, I love it. And oh, I was just thinking, you know, God bless Toni Morrison. She just passed. And they're going oh, through a lot man. of her old writings. And she said she thinks, hey, start writing after 40. You know, and there are so many women, just people in general, but I would just want to center women, especially black women for a moment. We go through so many experiences and sometimes we put off things that we want to do and we feel like, oh, it's too late to do this. Mm -hmm. But you decided, I don't care. I'm 61. I'm going to, mm -hmm. I'm going to create a film and you did it. And I wrote it. Yeah. yeah. I, I actually, I think I was, um, 56. When I, I wrote my first play at 56 when mm. we were living in Atlanta and we produced the play called The the Hazel House Collective. I wrote that play um, and then everybody said, well, you wrote a play, now what are you going to do? Well, I'm going to find me a place to put on this play and then I'm going to get me some actors and we're going to do this play. And that's what I did. I found a community theater near my neighborhood. I bought some furniture from Goodwill, used my senior discount. Hey. <laughs> got, me a, got me a couch for $21, you know, put it up on stage. Uh, I put an ad in Craigslist for actors. Well, in Atlanta, everybody's an actor. So <laughs> we did a three-day, a three-night um, run, and every seat was full. Well, it was a small theater, only 80 seats. Um, so it was very productive. I paid everybody. 
Um, and they're still waiting to do it again. They call me all the time saying, when are we going to do the let's do it again? But now I'm living here in Columbia. Um, but that was the first play that I actually, I've written short stories and a little poetry. I'm not really a poet. And that was the first play I ever wrote. And, um, and then I started, um, kicking around some ideas in my head and I moved here and that young lady at the house on the corner put that story in my head like what if because that's how a lot of stories happen what if or when this happened you know what I mean so that was my second play and then it went into a screenplay and now I'm working on my third that's amazing. That's um, amazing. Yeah. You're a real inspiration, seriously. I've always wanted to... You know what happened, really? It's like I did theater for a long time in New York. I, I did a couple of films, and I did a lot of theater. You, did and, you say you were from Brooklyn? Yes, from Brooklyn, New okay. York. And what happened was I was a single mom. I had a good government job. I did a lot of plays in New York. Well, at some point, you can't keep calling in sick to go to an audition. You got to keep this job when you're a single mom. So yeah. I had to make up my mind, hey, I want to keep my job so I can get my good government pension. Okay, so I had to slow down with all the acting jobs and stuff like that. And by the time I retired, got my pension, well, now I'm... Um, 25 years older, 30 pounds heavier. <laughs> They're not having many auditions for, you know, a fat old lady. So I said, you know what? <laughs> I'm going to write my own play and put myself, the fat old lady, in the play. There's a part for many, many fat old ladies. <laughs> so I love that. And I that's love how that. I came up with the idea of Big Fanny Mae. My first play, the Big Hazel, Fannie Mae. Okay. Yep, the Hazel House Collective. The character's name was Big Fannie Mae. I love it. It's so blackity, blackity, black. <laughs> you know how a lot of black names, especially older people, had it made. Betty Sue. Oh like, yeah. It's like the two syllable names. Like, oh yeah. And, I love it. My family, my whole family's from down south. There's a lot of Mays and a lot of Mamies. My you know, grandma, my grandma's both of my both of my grandmas were Mamies. Both of them. Mamies. Wow. Mm -hmm. Mary Mamie Sue and Mamie Hamlin. And my grandma, her name, her first name is Mazella, but we call her Maymay. Mm -hmm. So that's that that really reminded me of that. And that's uh it's so it's southern. It's like southern mm -hmm. black. My aunt is <laughs> my aunt was Lula May. There are a lot of Mays, yeah. You know, what I think is so important is the representation show. I, my platform, Chris Speaks Me, is really about diversity. And like you said, there's not a, peop a lot of people that are casting for older women, for older black women. You know, and some of those roles could be limited, you know. You may be limited to being somebody's grandma, mm -hmm. being somebody's mom. So I love that in this film... You place yourself there, you know. Number one, I would have never guessed you were sixty-one from looking at you. Oh God bless you! I would have never guessed that. I would have gave you. I would have gave you at you least candy. forty. That's what old ladies do. They give out candy for saying that. Where's my candy at? Yes, I love that. It reminds me of the church days, you know. But I would have. I would have gave you at, at the very least like forty. 
I oh, never, come on. I would have never gave you 61. So now that I know your age, oh, I'm like, God, I'm she gave herself that. Now, now it's really, I'm, oh, I'm going to have to make I don't these. talk about stuff until the cake. Let me, <laughs> let me gas some more. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's beautiful. So I feel like, you know, there are people who like, look, they're not giving us opportunities. I'm creating this opportunity mm -hmm. for myself. And we don't all have to be grandmas or mothers, you know, like the two ladies on the bus. They're both single and they're just living their life, you know, going about doing things and going places. And the first play, uh, the Hazel House Collective, well, Big Fannie Mae runs a community center, you know, and everybody comes to the community center to, to hang out or chill, as you guys say these days. <laughs> chill, do homework, uh, you know, write, you know, there's two poets that sit there at the community center and write poetry all day. And Big Fannie Mae runs this community center, although it, is, it appears that she's really into something else more sinister, but we won't get into that. Yeah, you don't Because we're talking about it. pieces. So. But I love that, uh, mainly because, I don't know, it's, I think it's so good to represent the creative industry. You know, um, a lot of people are thinking like, hey, it's a lot of poets that aren't getting paid for their work. Mm -hmm. You got two people that are actually doing this for mm -hmm. a living. And in community centers, I, I, I definitely love seeing women in these roles doing what we do best. Like, we bring communities together. Mm -hmm. That's what sisters do. And that's do. what I love doing. <laughs> I love bringing my people together. And when I write something, I try to think of everybody in all aspects and everything that's going on. I mean, you know, there's a lot of plays out there that are just about a crazy family or religion. But there's a lot of other things going on out there other than the family with the crazy people or the church people whose husband cheated. There's right. all kinds of other people. There's the poets. There are people trying to get a job, can't get a job. There's mm. people that may have been recently stopped by the police. You think about all these things going on in the world and you put them in the story. It can't be a, just a one-dimensional story. You know what I mean? And so I think yeah. about all the people and all the things they may be going through. I watch the news every day. My, my family says, turn that news off. It's I depressing. Cannot. I know. But, <laughs> but, but I got to know what's going on. I'm researching. And I got to know what's going on. Yeah. And I feel like um, and then the news always, they're always going to give their, you know, they're going to give their limited and they're going to give you the most fearful thing. So it's so good to just, mm -hmm. that's a, it's good for baseline, but it's so good to even further it. And I'm sure you're already doing this because I can tell you research. Mm -hmm. You want to know, just getting out, talking to people, getting out, observing people. In I do observe settings. people. I so I, I feel like that's, that's, that sounds mm -hmm. fun. It sounds fun. And it's also like so great that you, you know, I feel like this is the importance of having black women uh, in film, in the film industry period because especially you know with your age you're at 61 you've seen yeah. a lot of experiences i've seen a lot but you're also considering everybody yeah so now you can i portray that you know and i notice here there's a lot of art going on here that i was surprised about and a lot of people here are filmmakers but most of them are men most of them are younger men and then i see their films and their films all have younger men and young women you know, and there's so many other people that are not in their 20s and 30s. You know, there are mm. other people living real lives that do real things. And so and so that's where I come in. I'm going to write about women in my age group, you know, 40 and up. 
there's not enough work for us. There's not enough work for them. And I know some of these young men that are filmmakers. They're always um, casting for their films, but all everyone in the cast is 30. 30-something 30 mm. or 35, you know, and mostly men. What? How is there a story with mostly men and only young women? Don't they have aunts or teachers mm. or people they work with? When you go to a job, there's people of all ages, mm. all hues. You know, same with the other people. There's no diversity in the other films. Right. But in the real world, there's people of all complexions everywhere you look and everywhere you go. Somebody's got to write about that. Right. Somebody's got to write it like it really happens. Mm. Not just from your personal little small bubble of experience. You know what I mean? Right. So that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to make work and opportunities and parts for some of everybody. Some of everybody. Mm -hmm. That's that's so important. And I want. I am really enjoying this. Um, I'm learning a lot. Um, this is my forties. The music industry. So, but I feel like music and film go hand in hand. I also really enjoy the music in the film. I'm always paying attention to that. Oh, Jelani and his production company. Oh yes. That Please was, tell us about yes, it. Jelani yes, Jelani and Steve. I feel like oh I my know God. Those names. Steve who? Steve Jennings. And Jelani, I know those names. Jelani has a music studio in Taps, in downstairs in Taps. I happened to go in Taps for some other business one day, and he was the receptionist that particular day, helping out. Wow, I had to have met him before then. And I don't know how we started talking about it, but I told him that I had this film that I was working on, and I told him what it was about, and I was like, oh, you produce music? I'm going to need some. It would be great to have some original music. And he said he just happened to be working on a song called One Love when I told him the concept of the film. And I was like, oh, my God, that's perfect. And here we are, and One Love is going to be a big hit. He and Jelani, Jelani and Steve. What is, uh, what is their studio name? Oh my God, he's gonna kill me! Or, or his last name, if, if you know that. It's okay. It's okay. You know, sometimes we we don't gather all the inf the information off top of our head. That's okay because trust me, I'm full of connections, and sometimes I'm like, I know you I talk know to this him. person all the time, and I, I know exactly. This person. I know. I you feel know like him. I know him. I'm just. Is this the guy with the curly hair? Mm -mm. Okay, no, nope, wrong so person. He's big, big guy, over six feet. Is right downstairs in the Taps building, in the Taps Art Center. That's him, yeah. Studio 23. Studio 23. That I think that's the name of his production company. Okay. Yeah, Studio 23. Okay, I have seen him. I have seen him. Um, yeah, I'm 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 glad for that. I'm glad you even, you know, provided a space for artists. I never so, forgot him. That time we met and he said, oh, I'm working on this new song that would probably be good for, for the movie that you just described. And I was like, I'm going to remember him and stay in touch with him. And that's what I did. That's amazing. So, so many different communities kind of come together, uh, come together for a film. And, and so this is why it's so great to just make random connections with people. You never know when you're going to need them again. Yeah. Yeah, I love yeah. that. I love yeah. that. 
Oh. Everybody I meet, I, you know, I say to myself, oh, really? Wow. And that's where those connections come in, where we're all connected in some kind of way. You just never know when we might have the opportunity to collaborate on something. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Everybody should get some. Everybody should be able to get some, you know. So that's where I'm coming from. Before you know it, I'll have everybody working. That's right. <laughs> Sandra coming to take over. And, and, take and, over the, what was that little mouse? Take over the world. Take over, what are we the brain. Do today, brain. We're going to take over the world. Uh, yeah. Can you tell me how to take over the world? I'm going to take over the world one story at a time. Yeah. So everybody loves everybody and holds everybody up. I don't just talk about holding people up. We're going to hold. We, I'm going to teach people how to hold each other up and mean it. Yes. That's what I want to do. So I'm going to end up closing out the interview. It's been so great talking to you. So I have like one or two, a few more questions. Okay. And I wanted to see if you had any advice for any women, um, whether it be women your age, my age, just women or anybody with a story to tell about filmmaking. What was What are some pieces of advice you would give them? My main advice would be to just do it. Just if do there's it. A st everybody has a story in them. They say everybody has a book, at least one book. And it's true. Everybody has at least one story in them. Just start writing. Write about what you know. Don't, you know, if, if you've been working all your life or you're a mother or a single mother, I would not suggest to just go out and try to write a science fiction film you know what I mean write about something there's a story everywhere there's a story going to Starbucks you walk into Starbucks the lines too damn long that's a five minute story right there yeah well what you got to do that you can't get on the line you can start writing about that mm -hmm. there's a story everywhere you go and just write about what you know don't over tax yourself by trying to be you're gonna make the story of a lifetime about this science fiction vampire dude. No. If you don't Just, already know about it, leave that alone. There you go. So, because, yeah, okay. I feel that. I feel that. Mm -hmm. okay. That's the easiest way to just start right you know, and my, my favorite saying by Nike is just do it. Just, just do, do it. it. Just do it. You don't need anything fancy. You don't even need a fancy computer. Just get yourself a notebook and a pencil and write. And then you can go to the library and type it into their computer for free. So that's my advice. Just do it. Thank you. Thank you so much. All You're right. welcome. Thank you for listening. <laughs> <laughs> yo, 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 it's Cree. This is the Vibing with Cree podcast, and we're doing something crazy, right? What we're doing is pulling back some old, what I call lost files, and they're going to be raw. They're not going to be edited. They're just straight content. So this was one I did with Sandra Hamlin. She is a filmmaker and playwright, and it was a really great interview. Uh, this was the first year of Freedom Fest International, which was in 2018, I believe. If not 2018, it was 2019. <laughs> and I didn't have any equipment or anything. As you can see, by the third year, we've elevated to having videographers. But I was just, it was just me and my phone. So guess what? That's what y'all going to get. 
but it's raw and it's great content. So check it out.